else in the house waiting for your call tonight? 844-995-3762. Harry Oates, executive producer, live from Studio 6B, joining us in New York this week. Good to see Harry back. Harry has no mic tonight, but he's going to answer phones for at least the first hour. Harry did the morning show this morning at about 5 in the morning, so he's, Harry's had a long day. But he's gonna, he says, I love the live from Studio 6B audience. I'm going to answer calls for the first um, first hour. So you can call Harry now, 844-995-3762. Once he figures can, out where that cord goes. Figure out, figure, out the handset. Yeah, figure out the handset. He'll take some calls tonight, 844-995-3762. So, house, so housekeeping to take care of here tonight because I got some – well, I always get great emails every night, and I try to go through them. I go through them, not anyone else. I go through them. Um, and so a couple things I want to get to here. So Rick Amorati, well, first of all, Paul Nolan's here with news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. And Rick Amorati, well, he got his first because, well, he's the biggest star on the show probably. <laughs> but uh, me and Paul got ours today. I did so, too. And, oh, that's right. And Rick, Rick, uh, Rick we all got them. So uh, if I can figure out which way. So here we go. Look at this. From Jeremy Shore. Shore. Yeah. What Shaw. Twice? Jeremy Shore. S-H-A-W? Like, like yes. go down to the shore. No. Shore. S-H-A-W. Shore. Yeah. Jeremy Shore. <laughs> Typical. Oh, Shaw. 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 That's yes. pronounced yeah. Shaw. Shaw. Not Shore. All right, hold not, on. But that's middle Long Island. Going to the beach down to the shoreline. No, it's Jeremy Shaw. Shaw. As Shaw. middle America turns off the TV because we butchered the language. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Jeremy Shaw, Shaw. made yeah. us these nice coasters of each of us. I mean, how great is that? This yeah. is awesome. Very talented. Have you guys noticed? Well, now, Paul, yours. I mean, yeah, your I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, your picture looks. Did you have a bad day that day? I think I was just talking about or did you just Biden. Get off parole. I, I, I think I just killed a Biden supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this looks like I'm on like I'm like the henchman on Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Paul, you got that bad, you know, ass. You look serious, reputation. sir. Yeah, I I, I could have sworn I saw that in a post office somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this person? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, we got to get me like a, a Holly, like, and I just got to slide. Oh, it looks good though, Paul. You look, you know, it's so okay. Hey, look, be serious. I'm all about protecting this country. I'm fighting <laughs> as a. Yeah. All right, very good. Well, anyway, I want to say is, thank you, sir. I appreciate this great. We really do. Beautiful. We appreciate yeah, this it. Is totally this is fantastic. Cool. Um, fantastic stuff. And then the other thing I want to do tonight is I want to wish a big old happy birthday out to um, Gail Cogdill, who would have been 84 today. And um, Mr. Cogdill's daughter, I believe, watches the show. And she wrote me an email, very nice. Kristen is her name. And she said, today would have been my dad's birthday. He played in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. She actually sent me something. Uh, drafted 1960 uh, from Washington State. Go Cougs. Yeah. And uh, was voted Rookie of the Year for his performance. He was consistent, caught one uh, at least one pass every game and skilled at every other facet of playing wide receiver or receiver. We cannot, um, what else here? A uh, few corners could handle uh, him one-on-one, it says here. So uh, some ni- nice article. Would have been his birthday today, 84 years old. So happy birthday. Thank you, first yeah. of all, for watching the show and being a supporter, and happy birthday to Dad. I think three Pro Bowls too, Big D. Guy was a good player. Yeah, uh, fantastic. So just great stuff from the audience. So happy birthday. And uh, thank you, Kristen, for being a supporter of the show and watching, and um, happy to happy to do it. So, 
Um, lots to talk about. Hans von Spakovsky is our guest tonight at 8.30. He is um, probably the country's foremost expert. He's a legal senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, but he is absolutely one of the nation's experts on election integrity, voting, and just um, all of that. He's fantastic. And um, Good. I have a half dozen questions for him. Yeah, he will too. be on at 8.30. And I will be. Spe- let me rephrase that. Let me. I will be speaking to him. <laughs> and uh, so and I'll be. Can, and I'll make sure that he. And I'll be come, chiming. Wants to come back on the and show. And I'll, I'll be talking to him at the at the at ten o at ten o one. You'll be talking to him. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Eight four four nine nine five three seven six two. If you want to talk to Harry Oates, so lots to do tonight. So um, we're going to start in Politico. Believe it or not, I don't usually start there, but we'll start in Politico because they have a article out today as the day 70 whatever here in the monarchy of joe biden that we're now living in biden to unveil long-awaited executive action on guns tomorrow the announcement expected for thursday comes amid a um, a group of high-profile shootings and as some advocates have grown frustrated in the white house's delay And I'll just preface this by saying whatever he's going to do is going to be unconstitutional, number one. Number two, it's going to have no effect on any of this. It'll be unconstitutional, number one. It'll be unenforceable, number two. And it will have no effect on these incidences. None. Zero. Uh, But here's what Politico says. President Joe Biden is expected to unveil a long-awaited package of executive actions to curb gun violence Thursday at the White House, according to four people familiar with the plan. The announcement comes nearly three months into Biden's term in office, a delay that has frustrated activists who wanted the president to fulfill a campaign pledge to take action on gun violence on his first day in office. That frustration only grew after a slate of mass shootings in Colorado, Georgia, and California. Biden will direct the administration to begin the process of requiring buyers of so-called ghost guns, homemade or makeshift firearms that lack serial numbers, to undergo background checks, according to three people who have spoken to the White House about the plans. He is expected to be joined at the event by the Attorney General Merrick Garland. Other executive actions remain unclear, but stakeholders have speculated that the president could announce regulations on concealed assault-style firearms, uh, prohibitions on firearm purchases for those convicted of domestic violence against their partners, and federal guidance on home storage safety measures. More than 100 Democrats wrote to Biden last week urging him to take action on the concealed assault-style firearms, which is similar to the one used in the Colorado shooting in which 10 people were killed. One other announcement Biden could make on Thursday is the introduction of his nominee to be Director of Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, who will play a key role in any executive branch action on guns. His nominee could be tough to get through a Senate split 50-50 between Republicans and Democrats. Well... That hasn't seemed to be in the case so far. The ATF has, except for what, one, uh, the one, I think, I think the one uh, girl there who couldn't get through because, I mean, just 
She was about the worst nominee ever to run OMB there. What, I can't think of her name right now. But I can't think of another one that didn't get through. I mean, the Republicans just rubber stamped them. Did Kamala Harris come down to cast a deciding vote on one nominee that Joe Biden had for cabinet or anything else? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the ATF has had mostly acting directors since the position became Senate confirmed. Todd Jones was confirmed as ATF director in 2013 after a years-long stint as acting director. In response to criticism from gun control advocacy groups that his administration has moved too slowly on executive actions, the Biden White House has responded that legislative fixes are a priority. Biden is likely to make the same point on Thursday, in addition to expressing support for bills to expand background checks and close the so-called Charleston loophole that allows a gun to be transferred from licensed gun dealers before a completed background check. He also is likely to push for legislation to keep guns away from people who believe to be a danger to themselves or others, as well as a ban of assault weapons and high capacity magazines. And not that the whole thing is obviously a slippery slope. And like I said, unconstitutional, but when you start going down the road of we're going to keep guns away from people believed to be a date. Well, according to who? So you're going to have some girlfriend who's fed up with their boyfriend going and say, and then you're going to deny someone's right uh, to bear arms because of some whack job who's gone in and said something that you can't prove or can't deny or prove. Or, I mean, this is where it gets just. The White House declined to comment, but a senior administration official recently confirmed the White House was wrapping up their actions and could announce them in a series of stages. Biden's expected announcement comes as gun sales have skyrocketed amid a year of pandemic quarantines, a summer of racial unrest, and the president's victory in, in the 2020 election, during which he promised an aggressive push to reduce gun violence. The year 2020 saw a record number of gun homicides in the United States. Um, quote, the administration has been working hard from day one to pursue actions to reduce gun violence, the senior administration official said recently. We understand the urgency. No one understands the urgency more than the president and is looking forward to rolling out some of the initial, ac the initial actions that we can take. The White House has had uh, several meetings on gun violence with prominent groups pushing for gun restrictions, community-based groups, and survivors of gun violence. The meetings were led by Susan Rice, Director of Domestic Policy Council, Cedric Richmond, Director of the Office of Public Engagement. Community-based groups cheered Biden's decision to include $5 billion for community violence prevention programs in his $2 trillion infrastructure package he unveiled last week. With this investment of our federal tax dollars, we have an unprecedented opportunity to build an infrastructure of peace, not sure exactly what that means, to heal and disrupt cycles of violence. Not exactly sure how that does that. <laughs> Said a coalition of community groups dubbed Fund Peace that pushed for this funding. Biden has a lengthy history of dealing with gun legislation. There was most recent effort ended in notable failure. After the shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, President Barack Obama asked his then vice president to push through what he had hoped would be the biggest firearms restrictions since the Clinton administration. But after months of meetings and limited executive actions, a bill to require expanded background checks died on the Senate floor. 
The Senate is even less Democratic now, split 50-50. Any bill would require at least 10 Republicans, well, (laughs) to vote with all Democrats, which is unlikely unless you get to the filibuster. Uh, Igor Volsky, executive director of the advocacy group Guns Down America, said he hoped Biden would unveil a comprehensive plan that includes regulations, executive actions, funding, and a strategy to get legislation through Congress. The president didn't just run on executive actions when it comes to gun violence, Volosky said. He promised to put forward a robust, comprehensive plan for reducing gun violence. Given the violence he inherited, we expect him to live up to that promise. So that from Politico. And again, whatever he unveils tomorrow will be unconstitutional, will be unenforceable, and will do nothing to curb this kind of violence. Right. Yeah, because I don't think anything in in this legislation or, or this executive order he's planning to roll out says anything about, oh, I don't know, illegal guns or or anything like that. Probably not. Right. We'll do more of this when we get back. 844-995-3762. Harry Oates on the phone taking your calls tonight. Hans von Spakovsky joins <sighs> us at the bottom of the hour to talk about the election. Glad you're in on a Wednesday night, Real America's Voice. from studio 6b 17 past the hour glad you're in on a wednesday paul nolan's going to do some news uh rick delgado's here rick emirati's going to do sports harry oates taking your calls right now 844-995-3762 harry's in new york this week then he'll be back in dc so he's here tonight for at least the first hour 844-995-3762 so we've got um joe biden was out today in front of the camera so we've got some things from him we've got a crazy town i've got nancy pelosi with one of i almost made this crazy a crazy town but i thought it was it was actually more important to just play it as a regular clip because the delusion on her behalf and the fact that there's the media again with no letting her get away with this this statement she made as a matter of fact just play that right because there's nothing that this is just this statement stands on its own i don't even know what the question was it doesn't even matter she's somewhere today and someone obviously must have asked her about the border or or what's going on at the southern border this is her response roll it well they uh, I, I believe i'm glad you asked that question in a larger sense uh, instead of uh, uh, quoting the ridiculousness of the Republicans in the c- Congress. The, uh, the fact is, is that uh, we're on a good path at the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden. Uh, there is, it's about three things. It's about restructuring how we do what is happening there, because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. It's about a refugee plan. Uh, the, uh, it's about a refugee <laughs> plan. Wow. Well, that's we're, an eye-opener. We're, we're in a good spot under President Biden at the border? I mean, this is an evil, sick woman, but what in the blue hell is she talking about? 
What is she talking about? Not if she thinks that we're in a good place at the border and says that we are in a bad place, let me, I mean, I think yesterday we reported on the Homeland Security uh, Mayorkas saying that we're going to restart construction of the border wall to fill in the gaps. I believe in the last couple of weeks, Joe Biden has said, we're going to try to go back to the stay in Mexico policy that the last administration that was oh so troublesome, according to Nancy Pelosi, both of those policies are from the prior administration. The border is an absolute abject failure disaster. What is she talking about? And there she is just going. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see any follow-up questions. I, I didn't see anything, any other clips from her today that were useful. I mean, you can barely understand her. I mean, she, when she gets stammering there at the beginning, which once she finally gets going... <laughs> I mean, can you explain that to me, somebody? You know what? I, I wish I had a decoder ring that could do that. But uh, no, but I mean, seriously, what is she talking about? What? No what idea. at the border right now is good leadership under President Joe Biden? It doesn't matter. She just pitches a narrative. She just lies to the to the TV, and people pick up the quotes. We know what goes on. She's a liar. She's she. They don't even try to. They don't even care because they know there's so many lemmings. 40% of the country voted for Biden, right? Less than half, whatever. We'll say we'll say he got the popular vote, which we know he didn't. But there's 40% of the people who are so loud and absurd. 90% of the media is all owned by the same groups. And all those same groups keep brainwashing morons into believing. All they got to do is spill some stupidity. And they just keep repeating it. And then the loud, obnoxious liberals start screaming, You see, I'm right. It's good there. And then there's they're so half confused. And they say they're undecided. And they're there for the cake and the coffee. And the other <laughs> ones say they approve. And then the rest of America is like, What's happening here? We're being right. gaslit. So it's the same old thing. She lies with, with all her heart. And she's like George Costanza. She, when he says to Jerry, Jerry, remember, it's not a lie if you really believe it to be true. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's, the, that's absolutely. It's a lie. They just lie. I mean, that is really un, unbelievable. No, we're in, we're, in, we're in really good. I'm glad you asked that question because we're in really good shape. At the border, under the leadership of President Biden, he doesn't even know which way the border is. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what it, is she talking about? And, and you know what, too, the, the mainstream media—they're only gonna—they're they're only gonna serve up to the public that small little segment where she says, "No, we're in a good place." Where you know, whatever she said there, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, okay. Well, they said it. That must be true." And that's it. That's all they have time for. They don't have time to try and track down what the hell Nancy Pelosi was talking about because they don't care. It's just whatever's on the news, that's what they're telling us. Okay, move along. And this is the way it's been for so many years, and it's amazing. Again, I take it back to four years ago. Once Trump got in office and he started exposing all this, I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to things that they just didn't notice, pay attention to, kind of just went along with. But now that you're seeing it all, just as after he left, now the complete opposite. And you have to live in opposite land and have opposite day every day to, to think that this makes sense, that people actually go, oh, yeah, I can see what we're doing here. This is working. Raise taxes. That's great. Great idea. Yeah. No. 
it, it's if anything, it's really, really. Uh, again, people are. Uh, I think. I think this is that moment. We're going to look back on 2020, 2021 as that moment of people going, you know, this is when I stopped really trust. I mean, you know, it was a lot of hyperbole from Trump, ah, fake news media, fake news, blah, blah, blah. And then you start seeing it after he's gone. And you're like, wow, well, whoa. And, and, and the, 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 the Governor DeSantis piece, that is just like, you know, that's, that's a home run right there. Once people see that, I, I still think you should be showing that again just yeah. because it was just the greatest edit. And That's a, a lot of people have missed it, and it's a must-see right. how manipulative the media truly is. And, and not only that, the media cycle is so quick. They're on to the next story. They're on to the next DeSantis clip because he was out the next day. He had some other great quotes, but they missed that. Wait, and you got to keep bringing it up and pounding it in their face for them to realize and go, oh, now I see it. That's going to end up being an in-kind donation if he runs. That's what that's going to be. Yeah. That's an in-kind donation from CBS to him if he runs in 2024. That, that's how much that story is blown up. I mean, CBS has not, I mean, what, I mean, it's just purely mostly propaganda at this point from all of them anyways. So, um, 60 minutes is the, it's just like they're, they're like the WAPO slash New York Slimes. You know, they're, they're like, they're the furthest out there when it comes to the propaganda machine, right? Remember when 60 Minutes was kind of must-see TV back in the Mike 80s? Wallace, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, you, know, you went and you were like, wow, this, this is kind of, you know, they always had something deep. Right, it was powerful. But now they're trading on that, on that legacy, and people are, you know, people are like, oh, well, this is 60 Minutes, been around forever. They must be, it must be exactly what's going on. I mean, all of the media, when you think back, even back to when I was. Remember Meet the Press? How much, how excited. I was just thinking, man, how about Russert? I mean, was there anybody better than Russert? Or what about the McLaughlin group? Remember that? I mean, you were going to, I mean. How about Crossfire? You weren't going to get away with the it. debates on Crossfire? Excellent. I mean, those were like real debates and people listened and they took turns and there was no hyperbole. Talk about Crossfire. Man, that was good. Even Phil Donahue, who was such a liberal, <laughs> was so reasonable. Watch his interviews with Ann Rand. And Ann Rand, Milton Friedman. Yeah, Milton and Friedman. And Milton Friedman. Yeah. But the Ann Rand was the target of the of the, the wannabe communist left, the progressive movement back then. They went haywire over her theories and opinions and, and objectivism. And she was a magnificently brilliant woman. Incredible. And he was so fair and honest in his interview with her. All right. Hans von Spakovsky coming up. We'll talk about the elections. We'll talk about H.R. 1 right after this. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in on a Wednesday night. Hurry up. from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. 
Harry Oates taking your calls tonight. 844-995-3762. 844-995-3762 if you want to talk to Harry Oates. Uh, lots to do. I've got some great articles to get to. We've got a crazy town. I've got a – well, speaking of Hans von Spakovsky, who's going to join us here in one second, there's an article today in The Federalist. Lawsuit forces Pennsylvania to take 21,000 dead people off its voter rolls. How about that? We'll talk about that. And we've talked about chain of custody and all of this throughout this. Um, and this is a perfect lead-in to our uh, wonderful guest tonight. Hans von Spakovsky is a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's really he's one of the great experts on voting in this country. Please welcome for his initial appearance here on Live from Studio 6B, Hans von Spakovsky. Mr. Spakovsky, how are you? I'm doing just great. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's, gr- it's really great to have you on. As obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking about what happened last year. And I want to go back to the election of last year before we get on to H.R. 1. Looking back now, do you feel at all that the um, Trump administration was maybe, I don't know, let's say caught maybe a little flat-footed about what was going on in some of these battleground states as you had Mark Elias and some of these Democratic operatives going into the battleground states and making these unconstitutional changes under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. Do you, do you think they were caught kind of flat-footed on what was going on? Well, I think they were, uh, I think they were caught flat-footed. And part of the problem they had was uh, bad, frankly, uh, bad public officials in places like Pennsylvania and elsewhere, and then courts, and frankly, bad judges who, instead of stopping what some of these officials were doing, rubber stamped it and said it was okay. A a good example of that, again, was the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania that said, oh, yeah, it's no problem for the Secretary of State to ignore the state law and absentee ballots and extend the deadline past what the law says. Yeah, I mean, we we spent a lot of time talking about Pennsylvania on this show and and, uh, Mike Kelly's lawsuit that they brought on the omnibus bill that they passed this Act 77 through and Man, it just it just did seem like you said that they kind of caught on a little too late that what was going on. And you had, like you said, rogue officials, uh, the rogues, a rogue Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. You did have one judge, I believe, on a, the district level who said, no, you know what? I think the I think they're going to win on the merits of this case. I'm, I'm willing to hear the case. And then, of course, they went right to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court who who shut that down. It was really unbelievable. Right. right. And, and it was a big mistake for the. U.S. Supreme Court, as you know, just a little while ago, refused to actually take up the Pennsylvania case. And I think that was a big mistake because it's going to encourage rogue officials in future elections to take the same kind of actions that happened in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So let's talk about what's going on current day. Um, The language that's being used when this H.R. 1, um, the gaslighting that's going on, it's, it's almost to the level of almost pure propaganda to some degree. Um, They use the name of civil rights somehow, that it's in the name of civil rights. If you don't support this groundbreaking legislation, that somehow uh, you're supporting Jim Crow on steroids. I mean, have you ever seen language like this around legislation? And have you ever seen uh, uh, like racializing of the actual legislation, like what we're seeing right now? No, I've never seen it to this extent. And and it's not just H.R. 1, but you saw uh, the way in which uh, basically critics lied about what was in the Georgia election reform bill, comparing it to Jim Crow, which is just absurd historically. And actually, 
an insult to the people who really suffered under real Jim Crow laws uh, decades ago. To, to claim, for example, that requiring somebody to show an ID when they vote, and that that's Jim Crow. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I want you to, because, uh, you know, our audience, I think, um, they, they listen to this show because we talk about things the way that I think they talk about them around their dinner table. And, and sometimes I don't know how close everybody pays to every detail of this law. 800 plus 900 plus pages. Right. Uh, almost no hearings whatsoever, as Nancy Pelosi is very fascistic in the way she runs the House. No hearings whatsoever. No Republican support. Um, how does this instill confidence in the American voters, in our citizens, in, in elections moving forward, if they run the House and they're going to push through legislation like this? Well, it won't. And in fact, look, we already have a problem. You know, polling shows that uh, people have lost confidence in the fairness and integrity of the elections uh, that we have. And that's, that's really problematic. You know, we want the public uh, at the end of elections to think, you know, even if the candidate they voted for lost, it was a fair election. That's not what people think. And H.R. 1 would make that much worse for the simple reason that what it does is, in essence, destroy every safety protocol uh, and security rule that states have put in place to try to protect the integrity of the election. I mean, the most obvious one is it guts state voter ID laws. States would not be able to enforce an ID requirement. Why in the world would you want to put something like that in uh, unless you want to make it easy for cheating to happen? I mean, it's, it's, it's almost worse than that, right? Because, I mean, you can, I could walk in and say, I'm Santa Claus, I'm here to vote. And, and all right. I have to do is sign a piece of paper if I understand it right. They can't even question what I'm saying. Is, is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, this law says that the only thing states can do is ask you to sign a piece of paper in which you you declare that, yeah, I am the person I, that I say I am. So exactly right. If I went in and said I was Santa Claus, they would just have to accept that and they couldn't do anything about it. Plus, it, it combined that with the fact that this law requires every state to put in same day voter registration. In other words, States have to allow you to walk into a polling place on election day, register, and immediately vote. So not only can they not ask you for ID, they don't even have time to verify or check any of the information you're giving them. And so I could do that in multiple locations. Yes, you could. And, and they, they, couldn't, they couldn't stop you. They couldn't really catch you and prevent you from doing that. So what are the other big, I mean, there's, uh, there's nothing about it that's good, but obviously that sticks out to you. What are the other huge red flags uh, in this power grab that really stick out to you? Well, they're trying to make permanent the changes in absentee balloting rules that they unfortunately got through in a lot of places last year. And again, uh, as an example of that, look, a lot of states require a witness signature on an absentee ballot. That makes sense because the witness can then verify, yeah, it was really the voter who filled out and completed the ballot. No state would be allowed to require a witness signature on an absentee ballot. Not only that, but if you are a state that's smart, like uh, North Carolina, that outlaws uh, vote harvesting. In other words, you don't allow third-party strangers to just show up at people's doors and offer to deliver their absentee ballot. 
that would now be overridden. States would have to allow that. And you understand what that means. That means that candidates, campaign staffers, uh, political operatives would be in the position of showing up at people's homes to pick up their ballots and, well, maybe deliver them, maybe alter them, maybe change them, and put pressure on voters in their homes to vote the way they want them to vote. You know, we hear from Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, the Democrats, of course, the media throws in with them. We we hear how much they're trying to avoid and uh, oh, voter suppression, voter suppression, voters. We keep hearing about voter suppression. And then when they talk about what happened in Georgia, they're talking about these these kind of uh, laws suppressing the vote. We're trying to get less people right. to vote. Where is the ev- where is the evidence of all that? Is there evidence that election integrity no. laws prevent turnout anywhere? Or where has that happened? No, in fact, that is a made-up term, that term voter suppression. They made that up because it sounds so scary. But in fact, there's no evidence to support that. Georgia, for example, has had record voter registration and uh, record voter turnout, including of black voters in the states, uh, in, in their elections over the past couple of years. And that, by the way, is during the time that they put in a voter ID law. Their voter ID law was first effective in 2008 and in uh, turnout increased dramatically after the ID law went in place. So the idea that things like that suppress votes, the evidence shows that's just not the case. Yeah. Um, so a couple last, the big questions obviously here, just a, a bunch of them I'll throw at you. Number one, do you think it passes? How does it pass? Obviously, the filibuster could obviously, which is we're being told now is another Jim Crow relic. But uh, it used to be sacred when the Democrats weren't in power, but now it's a Jim right. Crow relic. Uh, so a couple questions. Does it pass, number one? Do you think they have the votes? And, and if it will it pass, does the filibuster play in? And then in the end, is does this eventually just end up in the Supreme Court if it does pass? And given what we've already talked about with the Supreme Court and some of the things we've seen from them, can they? What do you think happens if that if that does get there? I don't know if it's going to pass. We are teetering on the edge of a cliff with this. Um, folks are concentrating on trying to convince just one or two Democratic senators to vote against it. They're particularly talking about Joe Manchin of, of West Virginia. If they can do that, if they can just convince one Democrat to vote against it, then HR one won't pass. But if the if it's a party line vote the way it was in the House, then it is going to pass because Kamala Harris will uh, vote vote and that'll break the tie. And then it will be up to the filibuster. But as you know, Chuck Schumer and others are already talking about trying to get rid of the filibuster rule, um, even though not too long ago they were saying that it was a sacred tradition of the Senate to have the filibuster so that the minority still has rights there. The idea that that's racist, that the filibuster is racist, that is absolutely ridiculous and historically just just totally wrong. You know, and the idea, it, it is pretty amazing, the idea of representative government, um, the idea that things like this can come down to one or two people. It's kind of like that's right. It's kind of like the Supreme Court. You would think, you know, right decisions on things that you think would be nine zero or five four, and it's this one person. It's like you, a right that's never supposed to be a right. All of a sudden, is and something that clearly is all of a sudden is not. You know, it, it's amazing to think about these things like that in a. Well, it seems like now we're living in a monarchy, but but in a representative republic that we're supposed to be in, uh, this does seem to be moving awfully fast. 
Yeah, it does. And and by the way, I mean, if if the bill passes and it gets to the Supreme Court, I don't know what's going to happen. There are some parts of this bill that are clearly unconstitutional, but there are other parts that might survive constitutional scrutiny, even though they are really, really bad policy. So what happens when the get when it gets to the court? You look your guess. Your guess is as good as mine on that. Uh, I've got about a minute left. So just moving ahead, obviously, what is there? State legislatures, I mean, we keep talking on this show, what can we do in these four years? And a lot of it, I think, has to happen at the local level. We keep talking about state legislatures taking their power back. What else can state legislatures be doing? Kind of like what we're seeing in Georgia, more of that. Is there anything else that you think they should be doing? Yeah, there's a whole list of fixes to the vulnerabilities in our system that state legislatures ought to be uh, putting in place, and they're and they are doing it. I mean, but it's not just the Georgia legislature, but Arizona, Iowa, all of them are looking at this. Some of the most basic things they ought to do is, you obviously you need a voter ID law uh, to authenticate that you really are who you say you are when you vote, and. Yeah. And it needs to it needs to extend to both in-person voting and absentee balloting. Something else that states need to put in is requiring proof of citizenship yeah. when you register to vote. You I, know, you were talking about Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania admitted not too long ago that it had accidentally registered, I, I think, more to, than uh, 8,000. I, I got to hit the break. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. We'd love sure. to have you back. Anytime. Hans von Spakovsky here, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. All right, 13 till the hour, live from Studio 6B. Hans von Spakovsky, I want to thank him for joining us. He truly is one of the nation's real experts um, in election integrity and just elections overall in the country. The uh, senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, just brilliant. I mean, he's been on everybody's show too so it's an honor to have him on he's fantastic hopefully we can have him back um so harry oates tells me in the break that um of the callers he's taking now let g let me go to you on this and and, and fran too harry claims before we get to sports here that a lot of the callers are saying to harry that he needs to have his own (laughs) t-shirt what do we uh well, I don't, can't see Gio and Fran tonight because Harry stole their camera. So, if Paul, I'll come to you first. What do you think about that? No. Okay. Uh, Rick Delgado, I'll come to you second. What do you think about that? Uh, if it's a Harry's Place t-shirt with the young lady on it, sure. Paul's answer was right. Um, Gio or Fran, <laughs> if you have a mic, let me come to either one of you. What do you think about Harry in his own t-shirt? I'm sorry. I can barely focus having to hear everything that Harry says two feet away behind me. <laughs> okay. All right. It's time for sports. And here with that's Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Well, what about me? You didn't ask me, does Harry get a t-shirt? Well, I was going to introduce you for sports first, then ask you. Okay. If you didn't jump down my throat like you just did. Okay. Go ahead, Big D. Introduce what do you think me. of um, Harry having his own t-shirt? <laughs> I think once we sell out of Slick Rick no. sports shirts, no. then Harry gets a no. shirt. The answer is Paul's answer was correct. <laughs> One word, No. <laughs> 
just sell a shirt with nothing on it and say it's Harry's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do some sports here. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. Before I even get to scores, I want to get to the story that broke this afternoon regarding Tiger Woods. You know, we got the Masters starting tomorrow night, which is huge. We're looking forward to that. But the Los Angeles County Sheriff, excessive speed caused Tiger Woods' car accident. This is from Aaron Walsh, a yard barker. Tiger Woods' February car accident was caused by excessive speed, the L.A. County Sheriff's Office said Wednesday, according to ESPN. Woods' vehicle is traveling 84 to 87 miles per hour on a downhill road outside Los Angeles with a speed limit of 45 and was going 75 miles per hour when his car hit a tree, Sheriff Alex Villanueva said. That is unbelievable. Uh, the accident left Woods with serious injuries, which required surgery. Villanueva, Villanueva uh, blamed the crash solely on excessive speed and reiterated that the golf star was not impaired. Uh, some of the black box data revealed that month that Woods made no attempt to hit the brakes before speeding off the roadway and didn't remove his foot from the gas pedal. The 45-year-old is now recovering at his home in Florida, and it's unclear when he might return to the links. So he kind of had like a Thelma and Louise moment, huh? Absolutely. There wasn't even a skid mark, Rick. Um, and uh, Tiger Woods authorized the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department to release the findings, which, you know what, to his credit, he did allow them to uh, come out with this information. He could have had them withhold it, but he did not. Um, and he sent out a message basically thanking all the first responders uh, and all the support he's gotten. Apparently, a lot of golfers, too, before they went to the Masters, stopped off and visited him at his home to wish him well. Obviously, he's going to be sorely missed. A lot of people were looking forward to seeing him in Augusta, but uh, I guess the guy's very lucky to be alive. Unfortunately, uh, that's, a, that's awfully fast, 84 to 87. I know he was in a rush to meet Drew Brees, and there was another NFL player. I think they were doing some kind of a filming or something that I recall, but uh, uh, scary moment for Tiger Woods, so um, just wanted to get that out there that broke earlier today. Major League Baseball scores right now. Uh, must have been a matinee extravaganza today because it was 13 finals. I know some of our followers and watchers want to see baseball be final altogether, but I got to give you the scores. Braves over the Nationals, 7-6. to six. The Cincinnati Reds, 11-4 to four over the Pirates. Reds are now 5-1. and one. Lewis Castillo, seven strong innings for the Reds. Shutout innings, that is. And uh, Twins over the Tigers, 3-2. to two. Red Sox, 9-2 to two over the Rays. Indians, 4-2 to two over the Royals. Rangers, 2-1 to one over the Blue Jays. Brewers, 4-2 over Cubbies. Braves, 2-0 over the Nationals. The Athletics, 4-3 over the Dodgers. Repeat of the 74 series. Uh, Phillies, 8-2 over the Mets. Marlins, 8-4 over the White Sox. And Cards, 7-0 over the Marlins. Jack Flaherty with six shot innings for the Cards. We got a lot of followers that love the Cards. I wanted to get that in there. Orioles, 2-1 over the Yanks. Both teams are 3-2. That game's in the sixth. And right out of Giants, also 3-2 over the Padres. Final. And NBA action. Can I just jump in here for a second? Sure. I'm just sitting here just thinking about that story. Which one? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. I don't know. Something I don't think we're the – I don't know. That still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It just doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that that's On the what level? That it was just speed. You think it cover up big thing? I, I, what, you think drugs were involved? I, I, don't, I don't know. The whole thing has seemed fishy to me all along. I don't know. Maybe a bit. And now to come out and just say he's going too fast? How much you want to bet he was late, scrambling from oversleeping, flying one hand and texting at the same time. I guarantee if we see his phone, he was texting, I'm on my way, don't worry, I'll be there on time. Yep. Mm, I I, don't know. I think it was multitasking. I I don't know. You think he had an all-night bender? Oh. 7 a.m.? 
I don't know. I'm just saying it just doesn't that seems yeah. just a little clean too clean given what what we know, what we saw. And unfortunately, his, his past. Yeah, I, I don't know. 87 and a 45, that is fast. It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. Come on, guys. Stop, Come on. Paul was doing that coming to the show tonight. Come on. Paul's doing that in the parking lot. Okay. I do that in my driveway. <sighs> Back to the NBA, guys, real quick so I can get this in. Wizards 98-85 over to Magic. <laughs> Paces 102-87 over to Timberwolves. Call Anthony Towns. Leads all scorers 23 for the Timberwolves. Uh, right now, the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, hot team. Up 66-54 over the Pelicans. Eric Bledsoe has 15 for the Pelicans, though, leading all scorers right now. Celtics and Knicks, 47-46 Celtics lead at the half. R.J. Barrett for the Knicks, 16 to lead all scorers. Grizzlies, 36-34 over the Hawks. Mavs, 30-27 over the Rockets. And right now, the Hornets lead the uh, Thunder, 37-36. That's in the second. NHL action, just a few games. The Oilers 4-2 over the Senators. That's a final earlier today. And Canadians and Maple Leafs tied at one after two. China warns Washington not to boycott Winter Olympics. A foreign ministry spokesman rejected accusations of abuses against ethnic minorities in the Xinjiang region. And this is an AP report. China's government warned Washington earlier today not to boycott next year's Winter Olympics in Beijing after the Biden administration said it was talking with allies about a joint approach to complaints of human rights abuses. The politicization of sports will damage the spirit of the Olympic Charter and the interests of athletes from all countries, said spokesman Zhang Lingzhong. The international community, uh, including the U.S. Olympic Committee, will not accept it. Human rights groups are protesting China's hosting of the games due to start in February of 2022, next year. They have urged a boycott or other measures to call attention to accusations of Chinese abuses against Uyghurs, uh, Tibetans, and uh, residents of Hong Kong. The U.S. Department suggested an Olympic boycott was a among the possibilities, but a senior official said later a boycott has not been discussed. The International Olympic Committee and the U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee have said in the past they oppose boycotts. Well, White, Pre- White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, he is silent as he always tells us, said Wednesday that the White House is not looking at a boycott of the 2022 Olympics. We have not discussed and are not discussing any joint bike boycott with allies and partners, she said. When asked if the U.S. government would discourage Americans from traveling to China, Saki, with a usual candidate, said the Biden administration hopes that by the time of the event, we are at a point where enough people across the country and hopefully around the world have been vaccinated against COVID-19, quote, end quote. So Washington putting getting a little threat there from China about the Olympics, which are going to take place in January of 2022. Well, they're going to get a lot of threats from China and they're going to do nothing on any of them, this administration, because they're going to, uh, you know. Joe well, Biden's they're owned by him. Got they, a family they, business. He's yeah. got to keep going here on the side. Very interesting. And um, Nike is uh, real quick. Nike, Nike is suspending Deshaun Watson uh, and also the sponsorship with Beats by Dr. Dre. He ended his deal. This is from Sarah Bossop at ESPN. Real quick, uh, Nike suspended his endorsement deal with Deshaun John, uh, Watson, who I've obviously been talking about this ad nauseum. We all know the allegation. Twenty-two uh, alleged victims have come forward. And it took him twenty-two to, bo- to take a sponsorship away. Twenty-two. Yeah. The first twenty-one. Eh. Maybe, uh, nah, maybe, maybe not. That yep. 22nd. Oh, now you've gone too far, Deshaun. <laughs> well, That's could, the lipspin. Yeah. He could he could be governor of New York still. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. That got quiet, didn't it? That got real quiet, that Cuomo story. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Harry's on the phone, 844-995-3762. We've got a lot more to do. Crazy town. A couple interesting clips coming up.
right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Harry Oates on the phone, 844-995-3762, taking some great calls. He claims that a lot of callers think he should have his own T-shirt. I mean, I guess I believe him. But, um, well, we'll think about that. So we're also getting a lot of people volunteering to take the um, <laughs> take the <laughs> take the show on the road where where we should go. Well, we'll come up with a way to do some kind of a poll. Twelve percent of you can come for just the donuts and the coffee, and the rest of you can actually tell us <laughs> what you actually feel about where we should go if we if we take the show on the road. We, you know what we should do? Get an RV and just drive around the country. Yeah, that's that's what we could do. <laughs> Um, so Harry wants to give a shout out. He's got the guy on right now that gave you guys the coasters, Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy Shaw is on the phone with Harry right now. And we, we, we thanked him, Harry, at the opening of the show for these very fine. Harry, they can't hear you, but yes, he's from upstate New York. Upstate New York. I know. I said that. These beautiful coasters we got here. Yep. And and Rick, uh, what's, what's the name of the company again? Uh, well, he's, his name on Twitter is Bluestone Boogie. Blue stone. So obviously these are made of blue stone. Blue stone. Yes, I would yeah. assume that's I don't correct. Know if it's blue stone, but you know. Yeah. Well, slate, it's called blue slate. stone boogie, Rick. So well, I think blue stone is probably part of his what he does. I think yeah. the material is slate, but oh, I will go with that, Big D. Okay. Well, isn't blue is stone blue a slate? Stone? Is yeah. a slate? It is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, he said the name of his business is just Jeremy Shaw Bluestone. Okay, Jeremy Shaw Bluestone in upstate New York. So nice. if you need a. If you need bluestone for whatever, yeah. I had bluestone around my pool. I think at one point, yeah. it's pretty nice. So I'm sure they do fabulous work. Maybe so. he could he he could come to your house, Damien, and put to, pictures of all of us around your pool. If he wants to sponsor Rick Sports uh, <laughs> segment, we can talk about it. <laughs> we have a big audience in upstate New York, you know. So as we do in California. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do crazy challenge. I always wait to the last segment. Let's see. Biden is mad, but no one is sure why. Not even him. Roll it, G. <laughs> all right. Crank it up. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has a blueprint for infrastructure needed for tomorrow. Not just yesterday, tomorrow. We oh. don't just fix for today. Oh. We build for tomorrow. Oh. And back Ask up. all those farmers and small business owners and homeowners whether investing in clean energy to fight the effects of climate change is part of infrastructure. Come uh. back, call me back in eight days, 10 days, 12 days. Look at the sui- more suicides. What? In the military and people getting shot. What? What? We can catch that cancer diagnosis quicker with access to better roads, cleaner water, high-speed internet <laughs> that delivers information faster, what? more of it. Wait. Plumbers and pipe fitters. Replacing <laughs> those literally thousands of miles of, 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 of dangerous lead pipes. They're still out there. <clears throat> it also includes the biggest investment in non-defense research and development on record. I promise you, it's not part of my speech, but I promise you, you're all going to be reporting over the next six to eight months how China and the rest of the world is racing ahead of us in the investments they have in the future. Quantum computing, investing significant amounts of money in dealing with cancer and Alzheimer's. (laughs) That's infrastructure of a nation. (laughs) Look at that face. 
don't know why we don't get this. <laughs> the United States of America. I feel that like led the world. Cut to the bottom half. He's wearing pajama pants and yeah. fuzzy slippers. Why does this matter? Government, meaning the taxpayers, funded this research. Government. Imagine a world where you and your family can travel <laughs> coast to coast without a single tank of gas or in a high-speed train. No. Close to as fast as you can go across the country in a plane. Huh? There's all kinds of opportunities. Just <laughs> list all the tax breaks that I find difficult to explain. The photos of his grandkids. <laughs> Let me tell you what I proposed. How to do it. Oh, he hasn't not, gotten to that part yet? Not fleece them. Skateboard. 28%. I've also proposed the global minimum tax, which is being proposed around the world, for U.S. corporations at 20%. They offshore the job, shift the acts overseas, and then don't have to pay taxes on all they make. There. <laughs> I'm trying to punish anybody. But damn it. Maybe it's because I come from a middle-class neighborhood. I'm sick oh. and tired of ordinary people being fleeced. <clears throat> Whatever part of partisan divisions there are okay. around other issues. Like we don't have to be around this one. We have to get this things done. We're going to talk about commercial aircraft tired? flying at subsonic speeds, supersonic speeds. <laughs> be able to figuratively, if, you may, if we decided to do it, traverse the world in about an hour. Travel 21,000 miles an hour. Look at him. This is all Lita. Yeah. Most votes ever. Yeah. All right. 80 sure. million. Yeah, all right. Right. Yeah. Right. I hope they they have a phone number somewhere on him in case he gets lost that he can call and, and or somebody can call so they can come get him. It's on that paper in his jacket. I thought that paper had how many people died or how many people got vaccinated. No, now that was, it's like expanding. This thing's got, what's it, like a nine, nine trifold? It's like the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> it's like got when your mom writes your underwear, your name in your underwear as a kid so he, you don't get lost. And he was and alive when they wrote him. He, yeah. He, he is like, um, he's like the teacher you had, like an 11th grade math, who is so past retirement <laughs> and they just won't retire. At the front of the classroom. Because I got nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if he just, goes home, his wife just calls him jackass all day. <laughs> just yelling for no reason that anyone can figure out why. Just get off my lawn kind of yelling. Just yeah. all the time. Where's my scotch? What the hell is that? Com we, uh, Quantum computing. We're going to fix cancer. What? What is he talking about? We're going to go so subsonic speed. Yeah, 21,000 miles an hour. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's doing an Subsonic speed. <laughs> it's subsonic. It's like he's doing like abstract like poetry. Subsonic <laughs> cancer. Me across the universe. You still. There's random words everywhere. In the, he can, and he can't enunciate. It's, it's like a poetry jam. Yeah, right. And he reminds me of Michael Myers in <laughs> So I Married an Axe Murderer. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, my goodness. I don't know, understand the yelling at parts. Why is he so mad? Gino <laughs> named it, right? Why is he so mad? He doesn't know. No one else does either. 
He, he, I think that happens once every every time he's out in front. After a few after a certain amount of time, he gets that agitated, you know, old guy thing where, and, and then he kind of catches himself. I think it's part tired. shtick, so then, he, he people think he's actually alive still. And then he, <laughs> then, and then he, then he rolls into his. It's a patriotic thing. And you can tell when he starts to get tired too, because he starts leaning on the podium like. All right. It's America. America. We got to do this. I mean, again, I know we have funny, we have fun with it in the crazy town, but I mean, this guy is such an, a vicious liar. Right, right now. Just a, he's just a mean old senile man. Right now, like Jing and, and, and Putin, they're like putting tinfoil on their fists, taping up <laughs> like they're ready to go out and just, I'm going to kick this kid's ass. <laughs> oh, this, but Joe's, remember, Joe's, the, you know, I'll take him out behind the woodshed if I was right. in ice. You know, he's a tough guy, remember. He's just a vicious liar. He's what he always is. Liar. He's what he's always been. He's a, 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 a cheater, plagiarizer, liar. Just old, political angry weather man. vein. Yeah, and, and when you call him on it, like you've seen him do when he's done these town halls when he was quote unquote campaigning, um, if somebody calls him on it, what happens? He gets angry. He, he gets turns more into angry. the mean guy and gets in their face. You think so, tough guy? You think about the Clarence Thomas, the Bob Bork issues, the, the Clarence Thomas one we played when he's like, me and you know natural law. <laughs> we know these you. dummies here may not understand it, but right. me Come and on, you man. understand it because I'm so smart. Yeah. You know, natural smart. law. Joe Biden, Joe Robinette. <laughs> so he took some Q&A today, too, G tells me. I don't know. Do we have time for this, G? How long is this? Oh is, uh, two minutes, 2.43. Okay, so let's hear the Q&A. Roll that. Mr. President, are you willing to go lower than the 28% corporate tax rate? I'm willing to listen to that. I'm willing. I'm wide open to, but we got to pay for this. we got to pay. There's many other ways we can do it. But I'm willing to negotiate that. I've, I've come forward the best, most rational way, in my view, the fairest way to pay for it. But there are many other ways as well, and I'm open. Will you have failed on your promise of bipartisanship if you don't get Republicans on board with this plan, your first plan passed along party lines? Look, what I said was I would try to work with my friends on the other side. There are things we're working on together, some of which we pass and some we will pass. But the last plan I laid out what was available, what I was suggesting, and how I deal with it. And a bipartisan group came to see me. No, those and were then Democrats. And a public group came to see me. And they started off at $600 billion, and that was it. If they come forward with a plan that did the bulk of it, and it was a billion, three or four, two or three, that allowed me to have pieces of all that was in there, I would have, pre- I would have been prepared to compromise. Oh, yeah. From 1.9 trillion. They didn't move an inch. A 1.3 billion. An inch. But for example, I am dealing with a bipartisan group that came to see me. Now it's about, what, three, four weeks ago when they came about computer chips and about, and they said, look, we, we, we have that? to have our own supply. Money. We have to work together. I'm, we're working on that. Why isn't she Chuck at the border? Schumer and and I think McConnell are about to introduce a bill along those lines. So I'm prepared to work. I really am. But to automatically say that the only thing is infrastructure is a highway, a bridge, or whatever, that's just not rational. 
Okay, stop it right there, G. <laughs> Pull up Ron Klain as chief of staff, 31. This is Ron Klain. Nothing. Go ahead. To really fix our roads, fix our bridges, fix our water systems, the kind of things most Americans think about when they say we need more infrastructure spending. And I don't really know what we need as a bunch of tax breaks to industry, energy industry investors right now. What we really need is investments in the kinds of things in our infrastructure that are falling apart. Oh, wow. So what did Joe Biden just now? That's his chief of staff right now, currently. Some say he's the guy running the country. Ron Klain. Ron Klain's the same guy who told us that H1N1, we were a lot of good people and we almost killed everybody because we had no idea what we were doing, most of all, Joe Biden. That's Ron Klain in 2017 about Trump's infrastructure talk. What's the same exact thing that Joe Biden's uh, putting up forward now? Exactly the same thing that, that his own chief of staff said, well, this is not what people think of when we think of infrastructure. What's well, exactly what Joe Biden's putting forward, and all of a sudden, Ron Klain's all on board. We'll get back to that Biden Q&A clip when we get back. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Real America's Voice. past the hour let's do some news and we'll get back to that biden q a because um what biden says right there about infrastructure and what ron Klein says well they seem to be opposed uh, they're at, each, uh, at opposite ends of the spectrum there now of course this is ron Klein from 2017 not the ron Klein that's making well some say he's calling all the shots now or maybe susan rice or barack obama or somebody but ron Klein is certainly in there well, you know, they did admit that uh, Jen Pisaki admitted that uh, he and Barack Obama speak often and regularly. And I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe somebody can leak the transcripts of those uh, of those calls. I think that'd be interesting for us to see. Yeah. Well, you hold your breath and let us know when uh, you find them. <laughs> All right. Let's do some. Uh, yeah, there they are. Let's do is. some news here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh, over Just the News, uh, Brianna Kramer reports uh, that a March uh, public health roundtable event hosted by Governor Ron DeSantis that featured reputable doctors, including former White House coronavirus advisor Scott Atlas and the author of the Great Barrington Declaration, has been removed from YouTube for violating YouTube's community guidelines. Um, the video garnered over a half million views while it was published and covered the group of panelists advising against lockdowns, contact tracing, and mask mandates. The doctors, including uh, doctors uh, Sunetra Gupta, uh, Martin Kuldorf, also um, called the measures harmful and said that schools should reopen for in-person learning. Fauci was there? No, no, you said no. You said reputable doctors. Sorry. Yeah, they only yeah. had people who weren't corrupted. Gotcha, okay. Um, so uh, the CEO of... Uh, of CNN and YouTube um, said, uh, we talked about removing the information that is problematic. We have to update our policy numerated times about COVID-19. So the, uh, the video is still available out on certain places, but uh, Facebook um, as also, and Twitter have also added 
misinformation warnings and remove the posts that violate their community guidelines as well. So um, our elected officials are not allowed to bring in doctors and experts to uh, sure with a, give with a different opinion. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, because of community guidelines. We've dealt with this. We've dealt with this, by the way, firsthand. They sent us when YouTube uh, took us down and demonetized us. It was um, they said it was because um, we fell under well harmful content. And so I wrote back, "Was do you have any any more specific something specific that that you could point?" Well, no, it's just no. I mean, how do you you can't you can't even fight that. You can't win. You can't even fight it when it's that gray of an area. It's just, they just, oh, it's community standards. Well, what standards? Well, we can't really tell you. Yeah. What, what, what community are you talking about? Yeah. So it'll be, you know, we've heard what well, we had on the gentleman who was trying to do his own social media. It's, I mean, it's not an easy thing. We've heard Trump might, might weigh in. We've heard Mike Lindell might weigh in, but we don't, we're not, we haven't seen anything yet. So if, you know, me and Paul are waiting for some kind of decentralized, although there, there is some blockchain decentralized video streaming platforms that are coming now. Uh, Theta is one of them. I believe they're pretty big um, in the streaming, video yeah. streaming. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how much, if we get any more of that, to cut out the nonsense and how it's dealt with. It's almost like a race to totalitarianism on their side, knowing the technology that they've used so well as surpassing even their own, you know, grasps of control. So, you know, it's uh, just pretty scary, man, in, in the world where doctors can't debate with other doctors and try to come up with a conclusion. Right. Well, you know what's also interesting, too, about this this whole push by the, the uh, tech Nazis is that for a long time, they were the pretty much the game in town. Everybody had a Facebook. Everybody had a Twitter. You know what I mean? And now because they, they've garnered so much of this power and they're, they're so mad with it now, right? They're so angry and they're locking people down and they're targeting people. What are they doing? They're actually spurring more American ingenuity to create other platforms that, that will be out of their control. So now because they, 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 they got so power hungry, they've actually spawned more competition than they've ever had before. And like you mentioned, Damon, some of it is coming from uh, decentralized uh, on the blockchain, which will be, which will be a, a complete game changer. Yeah. I saw somewhere today that Tim Cook, uh, the CEO of Apple, was out saying, well, no, I hope Parler, um, I hope Parler comes back now that they've uh, hopefully make the changes to their community guidelines or whatever Apple claims that they couldn't deal with supposedly now um now he's for them coming back i guess which uh, seems somewhat disingenuous to me given what they did and when we, we know what happened there don't try to don't try to reframe you know history we know exactly what happened there uh say what you will about parlor and how they did things but i mean well i don't know so we'll see uh before paul does more news i want to shout out to Robert from Washington State. Well, we got a lot of Washington State tonight. The Cougs. You know, Eric um, Eric Coleman is a graduate of Washington State football. Uh, he was a Cougar as well. Washington State watching on Pluto TV. Robert is 94 years old today. Wow. wow. Happy and birthday. he's a 30 year veteran. Wow. So happy birthday. God bless. Thank you for your service. And yep. thank you for watching the show. Yeah. 
and um, 94 more, we wish you happy and healthy. So happy birthday. All right, what else, Paul? So uh, Gates um, allegedly asked Trump for a blanket pardon. Trump says it never happened. This Bill? is the... Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt Gates. Oh, Matt, I, I, I said Bill. Oh, no, no, uh, no. <laughs> Matt, Matt Gates. Yeah. Gotcha. Allegedly asked for a blanket presidential pardon shortly before Trump left office, but Trump says it was never brought to him. He says, Congressman Matt Gates never asked me for a pardon, and uh, this is being reported in Just the News as well by Landon Mion. Um, it must also be remembered that he totally denied the accusations against him. The report of an alleged request follows recent revelations that the Justice Department has since last year been investigating allegations that the Florida lawmaker and outspoken Trump supporter had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her to travel across the state. So all of this is... Um, Do we know who started this rumor that um, he asked for a pardon? You know, it says Trump's election uh, fraud claims uh, were, I think, originally reported in Politico. Yeah, I think it was an unnamed source. You know, an unna- the, the unnamed it was an unnamed source, source yeah. and reporting it to Politico. That's so Politico is the first place that ran the idea that Gates had asked for a pardon. Yes, that's what it's that's what it says here. And that then Trump came out and made that statement I saw saying that never was brought to me. I believe that's what it says. I'm I'm trying. Uh, I don't see where it says it originated, but I do believe it was that. So if, if we're wrong, we apologize to Politico. I mean that is that is. I mean it's. I don't I don't know that story is just it's really unbelievable. But I don't know what we know. I know Gates continues to strongly say he's being blackmailed here. He's named the guy. The guy has said no. He went on Tucker and gave this very strange interview in which Tucker had to say a couple times, no, I don't really remember what you're talking about, but okay. And then Gates, the weirdest thing about that interview is when Gates tried to bring Tucker into the, (laughs) saying, well, you know what it's like. You were... And um, Tucker had to kind of defend himself and say, well, this is like comparing apples and grapefruits, pal. And um, supposedly wasn't too happy about him doing that. And that just seems like a weird thing to, I don't know. I mean, we, obviously we have to see where all the cards fall, but it seemed like a weird thing to do when I watched it. Like, why go there and bring him his own personal issues into your interview about you? Seemed kind of weird to me, but yeah. uh, that's a weird story. Well, I mean, Gates ha- says they got to release these tapes, and, and it does have all the earmarks of a wrap-up smear. You know, unnamed source get the story out there. People start talking about it. The now target he's is talk perfect, about it. right? The target is perfect. The yeah. most outspoken same, same thing with the, DeSantis. Yep, two two very su- successful uh, GOP guys causing a lot of trouble for the Democrats. All right, live from Studio 6B, we'll do some more news. Got a couple good stories to get to. Harry's still taking your calls, 844-995-3762. We're back right after this. Social media, stay with us. Studio 6B. 
on a Wednesday night, 30 minutes past the hour. Harry, taking your calls, 844-995-3762. A couple follow-ups here from things we did last night. A small business group condemns MLB decision to pull All-Star Game from Atlanta. National Small Business Advocacy Organization sent a letter to Major League Baseball Wednesday railing against the corporate sports group's decision to strip its summer all-star game from Atlanta, Georgia, and move it to Colorado. The jobs creator network, JCN, and more than one million small businesses in the Peach State are outraged over the recent decision to relocate the Major League Baseball all-star game to Denver. JCN President Alfredo Ortiz wrote to MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, For small businesses that have disproportionately suffered through government-imposed pandemic lockdowns over the past years, the financial loss is a punch to the gut and will have an outsized impact on minority-owned businesses. Ortiz pointed out the racial disparities between Atlanta and Denver, where the Georgia city is 51% black and the Colorado capital is only 9% according to the U.S. Census Bureau. The Atlanta All-Star Game is worth upwards of $100 million in revenue, striking a blow to central Georgia um, after Republican lawmakers passed a new election law, which expands, expands early voting. The MLB, however, cited new restrictions in the bill, which they didn't read. Rob Manfred's never read one word of that bill ever, including voter ID requirements, hysterically covered as racist in the corporate press as reason to move the lucrative event across the country. Quote, giving your, organiz- given, giving your organization the benefit of the doubt, the MLB's choice to relocate the All-Star game is based on a misunderstanding of the facts, Ortiz wrote. Despite urban legend in your previous statement, the Georgia law makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. It shouldn't be controversial. Colorado, meanwhile, already mandates voter ID and includes fewer days of early in-person voting than Georgia. The selective outrage from your office and others is backwards, Ortiz continued. Small businesses in Georgia are hurting, and you pulled a multi-million dollar rug out from underneath them. The Georgia boycott was promoted by President Joe Biden, who characterized the new voting law's modern-day relic of Jim Crow, which is just so outrageous. Is it, it, it? It's it's just so it's just so oh it's just so belittling to everybody's intelligence. It's just so belittling to Jim what really actually happened. It's just sad. But the Democratic Party, you know, they're 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 really they're for min, they're the ones standing up for minorities. Yeah, sure they are. They're yeah. they're the ones. They're interested in in in, in standing up for minorities and on all, all of these things. Right, the and Democratic, Republicans are the nasty ones. Right. The ones who don't care, want to push grandma right. off a cliff, and uh, don't care about any of this. Right. Democrats, the ones who formed the KKK. Yeah, yeah Joe Biden, who, who, who's hanging out with segregationists, who I played for you in 1975 from PBS. The idea the that, we're gonna integrate, is idle. that we're going to integrate white and black goes against the whole idea of black pride. You remember that? Remember that audio I played for you multiple times? Yep. That was Joe Biden. Hanging out with his best friend, Robert Byrd, the Grand Kleagle of the KKK in West Virginia, which means he started the chapter because they didn't have one. Him, who the Democrats made the leader in the Senate. 
who I played you, Nancy Pelosi, on the floor of the Senate, extolling his, how great he was. I played you Joe Biden and Barack Obama at his funeral, eulogizing him, Robert Byrd, the party of Jim Crow, the party of segregation, the party of slavery. But no, no, no. Oh, that's all. This is all in the name of civil rights, you know. The, the party of the Confederacy. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is insulting to people's IQ and intelligence that all of this is done in the name of, um, has nothing to do with minorities, has everything to do with power, power grab in this HR1 and everything else they do. If it doesn't empower the base in them and entrench their power forever, they have no interest in doing it. Same thing at the border. If they didn't see their voter base there and they didn't see it somehow helping voter base or helping them stay in power, they'd have no interest in it. They don't have an interest in how it affects you. They have an interest in how it affects them and their party. That's it. That's all Joe Biden cares about as well. Now, 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 real quick question I, I think somebody should pose to Rob Manfred over at MLB. If he's so, you know, if he's so dead set that this, no, 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 this is racism, we can't have it. Is he now talking to the owners of the Atlanta Braves to move them out of the, uh, out of the state as well? Because, I mean, that's, he's talking about one game, the All-Star game. They play 81 games at home. So has he had that discussion too? Or was this just for, you know, a photo up? Yeah. yeah. Hey, do we have the clip, speaking of that, of Joe Biden up. yesterday about the Masters G? A couple of Biden clips we didn't even get to yesterday. Yeah, so he played this. This is Biden yesterday, speaking of that. Uh, this is him asked about the Masters, which, of course, is at Augusta, the f- most famous course in the world, the most famous tournament in the world, as far as golf goes. Yep. Um, play this. Roll it. Mr. President, do you think the Masters golf tournament should be moved out of Georgia? I think that's up to the, uh, the masters. Look, uh, you know, um, it is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws oh, are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, Dude, too. Dude, he was friends with Jim Crow. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make or a group to make. But I respect them when they make that judgment, and I support whatever judgment they make. But it's the best way to deal with this is for Georgia and other states to smarten up. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's about giving people two votes. He's just a vicious liar. But it is interesting, though, that he wouldn't weigh in on the Masters. All of a sudden, now he's, oh, well, can't, let's not tick off my cronies. When he, when, he was in, when he got interviewed by Sage Steele on ESPN, he had a much different take. So he, could, he weighed in on that, but now he won't weigh in on the PGA. Why? I wonder what club he belongs to. I wonder who's not allowed in his club. Whose club? What club? What are you talking about? 
Biden's country club. You know, he's got to belong to several, right? I'm just saying he belongs to a club. What is? What are you shaking your head? What's I have no idea if he belongs to a club. I don't think he plays golf. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't, I'm not following you. Kidding? No. It's so, not... sim- it's so simple. I don't know what's so difficult. He probably belongs to a country club of sorts because all rich politicians belong to a country club of sorts. Right. And the clubs that he's been involved in in his life probably segregated people. And it seems pretty ob- fairly obvious to me. I-, I don't see what's so confusing. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm confused that you're confused. Well, I'm not confused anymore. Now do you explain it like that? That's what you're getting at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm saying it's awfully hypocritical for a man who's been part of the D.C. Boys Club his whole life Yeah, to talk about how exclusive and inclusive everybody should and shouldn't be. I mean, Joe Biden, of all people, of all people, Joe Biden, Joe, you ain't black, Biden. Joe hanging out with segregationists. We shouldn't, white and black shouldn't be uh, in, bu- in the busing, uh, 1975 busing audio I played for you from uh, PB, uh, NPR. I wish we had that, that Joe clip. Biden. I wish we had that clip. That was his, the way, what he said was as racist as it can possibly be. The fact that he had a career after that, but then he, he doubles down on it with the crime bill. That was so incredibly awful to the black community, black families. It obliterated the nuclear family in the black communities. It incarcerated people selling a joint, a $1 pot stick in the, in the 90s. The other issue that I saw today on this MLB thing, to get just circle back, circle back, circle, circle back <laughs> yes. to that, um, <sighs> was that Stacey Abrams had spoken to Manfred um, supposedly before he made this decision. Now, what's interesting about that, you ask, is that Stacey Abrams has come out against this boycott of Georgia. But supposedly the word, I think Charlie Gasparino from Fox Business reported this first today, that the word is that Stacey Abrams spoke to either Manfred directly or some senior advisor and strongly urged them to try to keep the game in, in Georgia. And she argued against this boycott. So if, if that's true, it, even, it makes his decision even a little. And it also, they also reported that the owners were very um, taken off guard at the speed of which he made this decision. So just to throw a couple other interesting tidbits into this whole thing and how we got here. I got one more if you want. Go ahead. In light of uh, MLB's stance to undermine election integrity, according to Congressman Jeff Duncan, Republican out of South Carolina, he tweeted hours after the MLB announcement, I have instructed my staff to begin drafting legislation to remove Major League Baseball's federal antitrust exemption. Senators Mike Lee and Ted Cruz tweeted similar sentiments. uh, Wait, say say that again? Um... Senators Mike Lee and Ted Cruz tweeted similar sentiments. Well, before that, what'd you say from the start? Oh, I, I have instructed my staff to begin drafting legislation to remove Major League Baseball's federal antitrust exemption. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Antitrust. I saw this the other day. Who's the senator? It's uh, Jeff Duncan out of uh, South Carolina. And he says, why does MLB have antitrust immunity? 
Lee asked, it's time for the federal government to stop granting special privileges to specific favored corporations, especially those that punish their political opponents. So they've opened up uh, 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 probably a can that they weren't expecting. And let's hope that this uh, starts to gain some traction. Yeah. Because it's uh, one of those things that they've had it, I guess, it originated back in 1922. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, th- this whole idea of moving it from Georgia to Colorado because you're complaining, I mean, it's just, it's just so nonsensical. It just can't, this, this doesn't, can't make sense to anybody. It can't make sense to anybody. As they, as they use, as they racialize everything here. But yet, look at what they did. <laughs> Who gets hurt? Right. Well, look at what Charles Barkley said. This is right in line with that. You know, keep everybody angry at each other. Yep. Keep the races diametrically opposed to each other. Start, keep the hate going so they can enjoy more power. And this is exactly what they're doing. They're exercising that power now. All right, sports, more news. We'll wrap it up for a Wednesday when we get back. Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, 13 till the hour. Time to do some sports. And here with that, Rick Amirati, who got us from um, Paul Shaw. That's Jeremy, Jeremy Shaw. Shaw. Well, I think Paul. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Shaw. Sure. Upstate New York sent us our nice coasters here. I'm assuming we're assuming made out of bluestone since that's what he does. It's yeah. pretty awesome. And my big D one, I think, is well, Rick, Rick Delgado's is pretty good. I love it. Yeah, mine yeah. came out nice too. Rick's pretty good. Mine's excellent. It's like Rick. It's way better than the real life version and, of me. And Paul's mugshot looks pretty good too. <laughs> he looks at, yeah there it is there's a the look could be the start of our LFS 16 so Mount Rushmore right? the deep stone. state <laughs> see Paul deep always, state people always think you're angry see they think I'm the angry one I'm not angry at all all right, let's do sports with Rick Emirati. What's going on? <laughs> all right, Big D. Well, I was going to report on baseball, but after that, they go. Can to I that just score. throw one thing all out right. there? We've only sold one Paul T-shirt because it stinks. Can we get some love there for the show? Because I'm tired of getting bullied oh, around here. As yeah. soon as the camera bullied. lights go off, everyone's like, "Ha ha!" You only sold one shirt, and there's 437 purple shirts were sold, and uh, I could really use a little bit, a bit of help. Well, we'll get Paul, we got to get you a new shirt, Paul. Yeah, but we, we did your shirt very early on, and you didn't. We didn't have a lot of. Uh, no. I don't know. You know, Mater- saying, material right. to work with. That was Although, the well, 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 well. well shirt, I mean, well, right? well, well yeah. is still yeah. your thing. You yeah. don't. What else? You don't do it. What as else much. is your thing? Yeah. Well, Lisa Coffee says Paul and Harry look like mobsters. <laughs> well, I don't think. Well, Harry definitely. We'll get does. Paul a blank white T-shirt that says Paul on Fridays. Yeah. Oh, oh see, yeah, Joe, yeah. Oh, Gio taking a <laughs> shot. That's good. Paul, one ninety-one proof. You need a one ninety-one proof. Hardest working man in show business. I don't do Fridays. 
exactly. All right, let's do sports. All right, so we're going to skip baseball. We'll go right into the NBA real quick. Um, right now, we have the uh, Pacers over the Timberwolves, 141-137. That's a final call, Anthony Towns, with 32 for the Wolves in a losing effort. And the Nets all over the Pelicans. They lead that game right now, 120-84. to Kyrie Irving Ooh. on fire. He's got 24. That's in the fourth. And Celtics and Knicks in a good one, 87-85. Celts by two. R.J. Barrett with 24 for the Knicks. We have the Grizzlies, 110-85 over the Atlanta Hawks. That's in the third. Uh, actually, the third, right into the third. Mavs and Rockets. Rockets lead 75-64. End of third. Hornets over the Thunder, 85-77. And in the second, the Spurs and Nuggets are tied at 38. Jazz and Suns tip off in Phoenix at 10 p.m. tonight. NHL action reported earlier, four to two sen- Oilers over the Senators. Canadians one one at the end of two over the, uh, with the Maple Leafs one one. Um, and uh, right now the Wild lead the Abs one nothing in the second. Hey, are the Knicks still going to make the uh, playoffs there, Rick? Knicks right now the Knicks are sitting at number eight, so they've got they they've got a good shot. They they, have to, they only have to be eight in the conference. I think they're going to make it. You know, I, I really do. But the Sixers and the Nets, boy, they're really going hard at it with the Bucks right behind. That's a really good battle in the East. Now and, your Sixers traded. I didn't ask you this. Your Sixers traded for George Hill. Yeah, who hasn't played? Here, here's the only issue. We can't, <laughs> he we can't find him. He hasn't played because <laughs> he's got, I guess, either a broken, strained, or something yeah. with his thumb. Yeah. And Doc Rivers says, well. <laughs> We're not really sure when he's. What, why do they trade for someone who's who can't play who may not play? I think there was pressure for them to trade for any name. They made no deals at the end, which I was really surprised. They really didn't do much of anything. A couple of small trades. So I don't yeah. know. They wanted to bring in a veteran. Figured they'd give him a little stabilization at guard, but I don't. I don't think it's going to help much. Big deal. Yeah. Certainly and, not the deals the Nets made. They did blockbuster deals. You know, like Griffin. I mean, they, they brought everybody in. And George Kirby wasn't available. So and George Kirby was not available. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, just a couple of quick stories to get to. Former FSU and Giants receiver Travis Rudolph arrested on murder charges today. Uh, this is from Chris Swick of Yahoo Sports. Rudolph, 25, was arrested for first-degree murder with a firearm and oh. attempted first-degree murder with a firearm after allegedly being involved in a double shooting in West Palm Beach. I know we have a studio down there. Uh, one man was killed in the shooting. Another was taken to the hospital and treated for injuries. Rudolph is being held without bond. He's set to appear in court for April 8th. He did one season with the Giants. Uh, he was cut back in 2000 2018. He only caught eight passes for 101 yards. However, he was a big star with the uh, FSU for those last couple of years with the Seminoles. He had 115 balls for 1,756 yards in his final two years. So, uh, and also 14 touchdowns. So, unfortunately, a uh, gentleman got into bad, uh, bad way there. He was famous for uh, sitting down and having lunch with the autism child. That was back in 2016. It was a big post on Twitter. Some may recall uh, where he sat down with the young man and had all alone they were together so that's a shame unfortunately and uh, a little more bad news former MMA fighter Tyler East shot and killed in New Mexico uh, authorities responded to the home for domestic violence call this is David Arrow of Fox News East 30 was found dead Monday at a residence in Los Lunas about 25 miles south of Albuquerque New Mexico the uh, state police said uh, the Valencia County Sheriff's Office responded to the home on a domestic violence call and found a woman and a man later identified as East suffering from gunshot wounds and he 
he had passed away. Uh, East was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, he's also the brother of former UFC fighter Cody East. Um, East had completed 21, competed 21 times as a professional MMA from 2009 to 2016. Big D, I don't know if you recall this particular individual, um, but this is MMA Junkie reporting on this. He was nicknamed the Beast. His professional record was 15 and 6. So No, I don't, I don't recall him at all. Yeah, sad news. Uh, and just one last story. Sports was a little slow today, but this is a good one. I like it. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal pays off engagement ring for a fan. He says, I'm just trying to make people smile. This is from Jen Juno of People Magazine. Shaquille O'Neal's generosity continues. The NBA legend made a man's day this week when he whipped out his card for an engagement ring the customer was purchasing at a Zale store where O'Neal happens to have his own jewelry collection. <laughs> I... Quote, I seen a guy come in. He was just so shy, and he was saying, hey, how much do I owe to pay off my ring? O'Neal said during Wednesday's NBA on TNT of the unforgettable moment. And I was like, how much is this? Is the ring? The athlete recalled of what he said before stepping in and generously paying off the jewelry. A video posted on Instagram account, uh, Shafu Radio, uh, on Tuesday shows the moment when O'Neal gives his card to the cashier before shaking the hand of the grateful customer and giving him a supportive pat on the shoulder. I always get off 30 minutes before you come in here, the cashier good-naturedly tells O'Neal about his own excitement over seeing the basketball icon in person. Um, so, anyway, on TNT, Shaq said he really didn't want that to get out there. He says he does a lot of these you know, moments. He likes to keep it quiet. He said uh, he's just trying to make people f- smile. He says, the other day, me and my mom went furniture shopping, and this lady, she had a daughter with autism, and she was looking to pay for some furniture. I just took care of her. He said, whenever I leave the house, I just try to do a good deed. That's a great athlete. That's the reason to still watch sports. Shaq? He's all right, even though he played for the Lakers, who I don't like. <laughs> and that's a rapid sports, Big D. That's a good story. I mean, yeah. it doesn't seem like there's much not to like about Shaq. And He's Barkley, awesome. that, that genre, <laughs> that era of players, they don't seem all, well, I don't know. The, the ones today are just... Yeah, well, they're, they're all raised on the whole notion that every white person is evil. America's yeah. evil. It's yeah. all evil. Evil, yep. bad, bad. Marxism, bad. Yeah. yeah it's terrible. Yep. So uh, I'm just seeing this now. I guess we missed this yesterday, unless it was maybe late last night. The White House said Tuesday that the Biden administration will not support a system requiring Americans to carry a so-called COVID-19 vaccine passport, said Jen Psaki. The announcement comes amid privacy concerns, as some argue that mandating vaccine passports could speed up reopening of international travel. She said, quote, let me be very clear on this. I know there's been a lot of questions. The government is not now, nor will we ever be supporting a system that requires Americans to carry a credential. Saki went on to say that, quote, there will be no federal vaccination database and no federal mandate requiring anyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. She actually said that a couple of times starting a couple of weeks ago, but she did add the uh, caveat that, um, private privately owned businesses are free to do what they want and that if they decide for their own safety that they want to implement one that it would be supported mm-hmm. well that's it and that's how they get you that's, that's how they yep. loophole you they, and they aid and abet the the companies that say get a covid pass and they all integrate and then they all synergize with one another and boom they didn't have to pass a law or do have make it impossible for you to be free and then the media continues to sell the nonsense right and there goes that good news. <laughs> Buzzkill. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front line. 
Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Back with you in 22. We'll see you then.